Hey, hey friends. friends, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to tell everyone that our launch did so much better than we could have ever expected, and we could not have done it without everyone who listened and subscribed. So, so thank you. Yes, first thank we want to start so by much. saying thank you to everyone. It means so much to us, and we hope that you guys enjoyed those episodes. Um, so we are one day before the election, and Randy and I wanted to really break down what we thought are the top five most important issues to voters in this election and what each candidate has stated or done about each of these issues. We really wanted to do a lot of research and make sure that we presented this to you in the most non-biased way as much as we could. Um, We're sure that there are some of you who may not think that we're coming at this non-biased and uh, well, oh well. (laughs) So to start, we're gonna start with economy and what that looks like. All right, guys. So the economy. Um, so Biden, we'll, we'll start with Biden. Um, Biden wants to hike the corporate tax rate back up to 28%. This would make the United States less competitive on the international stage. It would also hurt workers who bear most of the burden of the corporate taxation via fewer jobs and lower wages. Biden would reinstate the individual mandate tax, a tax penalty that punished struggling families who couldn't afford health care with thousands of dollars in additional taxes, which we will go into when we talk about health care. Trump signed tax cuts and tax reform into law during his first term that helped juice the economy. If reelected, he would likely seek further tax relief, including a payroll tax cut which would increase job growth and let workers take home more of their pay. Biden supports enacting California's anti-gig economy legislation on the national level, done in the name of labor rights, quote-unquote. This would undermine or entirely destroy the tens of millions of jobs nationwide that provide people with flexible earning opportunities such as driving for Uber or freelance journalism. Trump, before the pandemic, sent the world into a tailspin. We had strong growth rates, incredibly low unemployment, and rising wages and household net worth. This was in part due to Trump's administration's economic policy. Biden supports a whopping $11 trillion in new federal spending over a decade. This will mean either higher taxes for all, or more likely massive levels of debt that endanger our economic stability and burden future generations. Trump, both federal spending and the national debt, are projected to grow if Trump is reelected, but at a markedly slower rate than if Biden wins. Biden wants to more than double the federal minimum wage at the exact time many businesses are struggling to keep their doors open. A recent study projected that this would kill 2 million jobs by the year 2027. Trump, arguably the best part of his economic platform, is all things he won't do. He's against socialized medicine, tax heights, and job-killing regulations. Moving on to health care. According to Pew Research, it is the second most important issue to voters right behind economy. I mean, this has a direct effect on your life, so healthcare is and should be important. 
To start, we have the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. We are mentioning this point because Joe Biden has promised to expand on Obamacare, and when looking at Biden's plans, it is a step towards single-payer health care. This isn't surprising because Joe Biden's head of the Unity Task Force is Bernie Sanders, who is a huge advocate for Medicare for All. We have the Republican Party, who has always been against Obamacare, not because they do not want people to have health care, but because they believe it to be ineffective and unconstitutional. The individual mandate in Obamacare fined people for not having health insurance, but SCOTUS ruled in the National Federation of Independent Business versus Sibelius that the individual mandate is just a tax, so it is constitutional. And so on a side note, with Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed and hearing that, um, you know, your health care is on the line, uh, this is because Amy Coney Barrett has made the comment that she disagrees with the ruling, so that this, this is why they're saying things like that. But this does not necessarily mean that she has the power or desire to decide to take away your health care because she disagrees with the constitutionality of a particular decision. But there is a case coming up after the election that Amy Coney Barrett will be sitting on that does have to do with the Affordable Care Act, where they will be deciding whether or not the penalty can be enforceable or not, and the uh, constitutionality of it. So moving on, in 2017, Trump's Tax Cuts and Job Act eliminated the penalty of the individual mandate. Joe Biden says he wants to bring back the mandate and the penalty associated with it. The Center of Medicaid Services talks about how Obamacare did not actually solve the problems it set out to do. They say in an article, quote, while Obama promised affordable health insurance for every American and even penalized those who refused to buy it, the law did nothing to control underlying costs. The very structure of the law, which imposed billions of dollars in new regulations, also led to higher and higher insurance premiums. As a result, when President Trump took office in 2017, average individual market health insurance premiums in states using healthcare.gov had already doubled when compared to 2013, the year before um, Obama's main regulations took effect. Um, average premiums went up another 26% in 2018. Um, so this is basically saying also in their article that they stated in just two years from 2016 to 2018 unsubsidized enrollment declined by two and a half million people which was about a 40 percent drop so unquote there moving on you hear that democrats say republicans do not want you to have health care coverage republicans don't want you to be forced to have health care coverage that you do not want republicans did not want you to be fined for that. They don't think that forcing higher taxes to pay for Obamacare is a good idea. Republicans think the government does not need to be so involved in our health care. Democrats are wanting more federal involvement in the health care system and more of Obamacare. And what many Democrats are asking for is Medicare for all. This is not to be confused with health care for all, which would mean that there would be a mix of private insurers and public options. Medicare for all means we are all on Medicare, 
no choice, no more private health insurance provided by your employer. We are all on government-funded health care. And I should note that while Joe Biden has not publicly endorsed Medicare for all, it should be noted that his health care plan was crafted by Bernie Sanders, who is for Medicare for all. And also, according to Biden's plan, illegal immigrants can be covered by the taxpayer-funded government health plan that he is um, a part of and working on for his campaign. Americans are concerned about high costs. Americans like the guarantee of pre-existing condition coverage. Most Americans do like their plan, and they don't want to be thrown off their plan and forced into a government plan, but they do want to be able to afford things like insulin which we know is cheaper in other countries. Americans also want to be a leading place of medical innovation as it is now. The Trump administration wants people to be covered, but they want people to have more options, not fewer. Trump issued an executive order last year to improve health care for U.S. seniors, looking to provide expanded access, more providers, monetary saving, entitlement reform, and essentially putting more power in the hands of seniors. I think it needs to be noted that Republicans believe in competition. They believe in working with the free market. They believe giving you more options. They do not believe in taking away all of your public options or not want people to be covered. They just don't want the taxpayers to pay for healthcare coverage that is not actually effective and possibly lower the quality of care in hospitals. All right, so now, Second Amendment. Um, once again, all of these, all this information that we're giving you guys is pulled straight off of either each candidate's personal webpage or things that they've actually said. Um, we did a lot of research on getting all this information to give it to you guys from a non-biased point of view, um, which is not going to lie. It's kind of difficult for us to just um, give you guys this information. Because, yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, <laughs> so if we sound like a robot, it's because we're trying really hard to just give you the information. We don't want... We don't want to kind of give you... Um, like our opinion on it yeah like we said in the first episode we want to come at everything with facts and be very fact driven so this for us we want to present everybody with information and allow you to decide for you to be the free thinkers and think for yourself especially on this episode we have no problem you know expressing our opinions but on this one it's all about the facts so second amendment I'm going to start with Biden's policies from his campaign website, and then we're going to go into Trump's policies from his website as well. So Biden, he said he wants to regulate possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act. Currently, the National Firearms Act requires individuals possessing machine guns, silencers, and short-barreled rifles to undergo a background check and register those weapons with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. Due to these requirements, such weapons are rarely used in crimes as Biden, as President Biden will pursue legislation to regulate the possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act. Okay, and just a reminder, what Randy is reading is directly word for word from Joe Biden's vision off of his website. So in this part, uh, this is not us interpreting it. This is literally what's coming off of his website word for word. Go on, babe. We're doing all the work for you guys. You just have to listen. 
He also states, buyback of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines already in our communities. Biden will institute a program to buy back weapons, uh, weapons of war currently on our streets. This will give individuals who now possess assault weapons or high-capacity magazines two options. Sell the weapons to the government or register them under the National Firearms Act. Reduce stockpiling of weapons. In order to reduce the stockpiling of firearms, Joe Biden supports legislation restricting the number of firearms as individual may purchase per one per month. Joe Biden wants to end the online sale of firearms and ammunitions. Biden will enact legislation to prohibit all online sales of firearms, ammunitions, kits, and gun parts. All right, so that was Joe Biden's policies that he wants to put in place, and now on to Trump's website's policies on the Second Amendment. Trump wants to defend the rights of law-abiding gun owners. Gun and magazine bans are a total failure. That's been proven every time it's been tried. Opponents of gun rights try to come up with the scary-sounding phrases like assault weapons, military-style weapons, and high-capacity magazines to confuse people. What they're really talking about are popular semi-automatic rifles and standard magazines that are owned by tens of millions of Americans. Law-abiding people should be allowed to own the firearm of their choice. The government has no business dictating what types of firearms good, honest people are allowed to own. Military bases and recruiting centers. Banning our military from carrying firearms on bases and at recruiting centers is ridiculous. We train our military how to safely and responsibly use firearms, but our current policies leave them defenseless. To make America great again, we need a strong military. To have a strong military, we need to allow them to defend themselves. Fix our broken mental health system. Let's be clear about this. Our mental health system is broken. It needs to be fixed. Too many politicians have ignored this problem for far too long. All of the tragic mass murders that occurred in the past several years have something in common. There were red flags that were ignored. We cannot allow that to continue. We need to expand treatment programs because most people with mental health problems aren't violent. They just need help. But for those who are violent, a danger to themselves or others, we need to get them off the street before they can terrorize our communities. This is just common sense. And why does this matter to law-abiding gun owners? Once again, because they get blamed for anti-gun politicians, gun control groups, and the media for the acts of a deranged madman. When one of these tragedies occurs, we can count on two things. One, the opponents of gun rights will immediately exploit it to push their political agenda. And two, that none of these so-called solutions would have prevented the tragedy in the first place. They've even admitted it. We need real solutions to address real problems, not grandstanding or political agendas. And lastly, enforce the laws on the books. We need to get serious about prosecuting violent criminals. We need to bring back and expand programs like Project Exile and get gang members and drug dealers off the street. When we do, crime will go down and our cities and communities will be a safer place to live. Moving on to education. We are first going to list some points that each candidate has done or say, said that they will do 
and then we'll discuss what that looks like comparing them to each other. Starting with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has or aims to streamline FAFSA, reduce the federal work study program, and the public service loan forgiveness program, replace five repayment plans with a single plan, loan forgiveness after 15 years of income-based repayment, forgave student debt for permanently disabled U.S. military veterans, increased funds to support school choice, expand charter schools, cut funding for underperforming after-school and teacher development programs, reduce federal authority over, over state K-12 through education. Joe Biden wants... For free four-year college for students with family incomes up to 125000 This should be noted that nothing is free and those who are a taxpayer will be paying for this. No interest deferral of student loan for individuals making less than 25000 Fix the public service loan forgiveness program. Loan forgiveness after 20 years of income-based repayment. Free community college for all, bring shop classes back to high school, and universal preschool. These are just some of the bullet points that each of these candidates um, has said they want to do or has done. So this was not all of them. This was just a shortened list because, again, um, I don't think we have the time to go over all of them, but we tried to sum up what we thought were important. At all education levels, administrators teachers, and parents continue to weigh the health risks of reopening against the risks of staying closed, which include learning loss, which include learning loss and the lack of student access to resources and nutrition. While Trump and Biden push different paths toward reopening, one driven by district by district solutions and one driven by federal oversight and spending, both say that schools need to be in person. But Trump's Department of Education leaves how schools reopen up to the individual jurisdictions. Biden's would amp up funding to make schools safer. The Democratic nominee has outlined a plan to put $200 billion towards reconfiguring schools and classrooms to improve the ventilation and allow for social distancing. Biden is on board with progressive free college plans, though they do not address deeper issues of college expenses and outcomes. Meanwhile, Trump's education policy does not directly include a plan to make higher education more affordable. Biden gradually embraced Sanders' plan to make college free, meaning it would be subsidized by a combination of federal and state funding. Now, he proposes free four-year college for students with a total family income of 125000 as well as debt forgiveness for all two- and four-year public undergraduates whose families earn up to $125,000 a year. Previously, Biden proposed to lighten debtors' loads with income-based repayment plan. Trump offers a debt forgiveness plan very similar to Biden's original plan. The Trump administration suggests consolidating all income-based repayment plans into one, and after 15 years of payments through an income-driven plan, remaining debt would then be forgiven. Trump would also cap the amount students can borrow and have colleges share the risk of students defaulting on their loans. 
Trump and Biden stand on nearly opposite ends of the K-12 education policy spectrum. While Biden pushes for big investments, Trump adopts the state authority and has repeatedly moved to reduce federal funding and oversight for K-12 education. As part of the effort to shrink the federal government's role, Trump's Department of Education cut the budget for some federal programs for underserved students and encouraged states to enlarge their own programming. Trump and Biden's K-12 policies also diverge on, t- on charter schools. The Trump administration wants to give parents choice give parents a choice over their children's school by allowing federal funds to follow the students to whatever school they want to attend. By contrast, Biden has repeatedly criticized charter schools, saying they fracture federal funds and improperly benefit for-profit charter schools. All right, and last but not least, abortion. We recognize that abortion is the most divisive, controversial, and emotionally charged issue under the sun. With that being said, we're going to be discussing here what each candidate has said in regards to abortion and quote-unquote women's rights. All right, so starting with Trump. This is pulled directly from Trump's uh, website, and on January 21st, 2020, Trump's declared that has declared that day Human Life Day, and he said, My administration is also building an international coalition to dispel the concept of abortion as a fundamental human right. So far, 24 nations, representing more than a billion people, have joined this important cause. We oppose any projects that attempt to assert a global right to taxpayer-funded abortion on demand. Up to the moment of delivery... And we will never tire of defending innocent life, at home or abroad. As a nation, we must remain steadfastly dedicated to the profound truth that all life is a gift from God, who endows every person with immeasurable worth and potential. Countless Americans are tireless defenders of life and champions for the vulnerable among us. We are grateful for those who support women experiencing unexpected pregnancies those who provide healing to women who have had abortions, and those who welcome children into their homes through foster care and adoption. On National Sanctity of Human Life Day, we celebrate the wonderful gift of life and renew our resolve to build a culture where life is always revered. Now, Joe Biden has said, we will protect a woman's right to choose and fight to keep access to abortion legal. We will withdraw Mr. Trump's Supreme Court nominee if we win the presidential election. What do the candidates say on abortion being legal? Trump had promised in 2016 to pick judges who would automatically overturn Roe v. Wade. While that hasn't happened yet, he has installed hundreds of federal judges plus three conservative justices on the top court. And if the president wins re-election... He could reshape the judiciary even further. Biden, in contrast, wants to pass a federal law that protects a woman's rights to have an abortion. That's something more like more liberal states like New York have moved towards. What about federal funding for abortion? 
Trump has certainly delivered on his promise to curtail federal funding for abortions. Biden has pledged to rescind that so-called global gag rule in his agenda for women. He has also expressed support for repealing the Hyde Amendment, which blocks taxpayer money from being used for abortions. So, from economy, health care, the Second Amendment, education, and abortion, we have given you the five main key issues that we think voters will take into consideration this election. We really hope, for those of you who were still on the fence about who to vote for, that these five issues may have given you just a little more insight and helped you decide. Please, if you haven't done so already, do the research yourself. Go and look up the candidates, compare them, compare what you think, what you believe, what you would like to see, and make that decision. It's definitely better to do the research based on the actual facts, not opinion pieces. Yes, it's try really, really, it's really hard not to, anytime you search anything, whether it's Joe Biden, Trump, um, I will say it's a little bit more tricky with Trump. Um, I don't think that's any hidden secret. But a lot of opinion journalism is out there and it's not... It's force-fed to you as soon as you yeah, search so it on Google. Yeah, so it is, you've got to do the work. So please, if you haven't done so, go and do that. Be informed when you go to that voting booth. And and that's not just on these candidates. Look at the props that are, you know, where uh, that are being put up where you're at. I know um, Colorado right now is facing prop, I believe it's 115, 115. which you want to say yes to if you're from Colorado. Um, and I know there's a lot more out there. There's props in California that I know that are super important. So make sure you guys are looking up those before you go to the booth because those are on there as well. Um, so please do that. Make sure your vote counts. If you haven't voted already, we hope that this information just helped, you know, helped you and that you can go to the polls and have a little bit more insight. If you did already vote, Hopefully that this information just kind of helped further your reasoning on why you voted for who you voted for. Um, so with that being said, that's all for today, guys. We hope you have a great rest of your day and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.